0: to the book of Psalm in chapter 23. Psalm 23. While you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience once again. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. That's just inside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. It's a place called Old Town. You can get to us uh, by taking Route 1 or Route 7 to Laurel. And Laurel will, will lead you right to the to the meeting house. Known as Emmanuel, and we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH, your portion of God's Word. Today, it's one of those messages that, you know, a lot of times you may hear at a funeral. I'm talking about the text itself, Psalm 23. But I want today to kind of read over this, and I want to ask you a question. Do you know that kind of peace? Do you have that kind of peace? The peace that allows an individual not to fear what comes hereafter. There's only one way to find that peace, and that's through Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Trusting in His death, burial, and resurrection for salvation. Knowing that He died for you on the cross of Calvary. Paying your sin debt, that is the only way that an individual can find really the peace that passeth all understanding. In Psalm 23, the Bible reads such as this The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're going to describe that word want here in just a moment out of the Hebrew. And I want you to to just think about this for just a moment now. That first line is very important. Because with that first line, it really actually means that you will lack in nothing. You will lack in absolutely nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Now think about this. Think about how there's times in our lives when our very being, the very essence of who we are and what we are, oftentimes becomes bewildered. Becomes to a place where we are we're, we're, uh, we're actually just absolutely at our wit's end. The Bible says here to those that are redeemed by the grace of God. That there is a sure renewing of our souls. Something that the world cannot promise you. The world, the world may promise you everything. But he cannot deliver what God's Word just delivered to the to the saint. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy thy rod and thy staff they comfort me that is again another special another special emblem of care the shepherd out on the hillside uh, when he's when he's uh, 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 guarding the sheep he is doing so with his staff but also the shepherd has a crook on that staff Where he can pull in to safety that sheep or that lamb that's gone astray. That is the essence of what is being spoke of here. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou knownest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Continual blessings. Sustaining blessings, blessings that are promised to the redeemed. Now, again, the world will try to promise you everything under the sun, but it cannot deliver what God's Word just delivered to you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to bring a message today, no fear of the hereafter. Can you say that? As you said in this house today, I ask you again, is it possible that you could say, regardless of what comes my way, I will fear no evil. I fear no death. I'm praying today that you will have that understanding. That you will come to a place in your life where you have the absolute peace that Psalm 23 delivers to the saint of God. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, again as we bow before your throne, we do thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, again, what a blessing it is to be in thy house with thy people. Father, we're praying that you will do a stirring among thy children today. Cause us once again, dear God, to reflect upon thy goodness toward us. Thy everlasting mercy and thy grace, Lord, that is ever leading the path before thy children. But Father, today I pray for the soul that has not yet repented of sin. For that one, dear God, that is still on their way to a devil's hell. Lord, I'm praying that you will open the eyes of the blind today. Dear God, I'm praying that you will open the ears of the deaf. Lord, for that one who is living in their stubbornness. Their unwillingness to submit to what the Word of God delivers. Father, I'm asking today that you crush that stony heart. Dear God, I'm asking today that that heart of stone will be melted with the ferventness of thy everlasting love. Father, I'm asking that you will bless in this congregation. We have come through a wonderful week of of revival meetings, but yet, dear God, I pray that our revival will not cease. That, dear God, that even a message such as we have before us today is something that would encourage and uplift, renew our spirits. Father, for truly... Thy grace and thy mercy has been laid on the altar that thy children may rejoice in the sacrifice that has been made. Lord, bless our day. Bless our fellowship. May you bless those who have gathered in this house today. May you bless the hearer who is listening by way of radio or sermon audio, Lord, I pray that you will energize the mindset, renew in us a right spirit. May we rejoice in our salvation. Lord, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. No fear of the hereafter. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, can you say that you, as it is right now, have no fear of the hereafter? And if you would just bear with me for just a moment, I would dare say that even of the redeemed, those that are saved by the grace of God... There is that possibility that you may be sitting in this house today in fear. Fear of standing before the Savior, the Sovereign of the universe, at the bema seat of Christ, where all the redeemed will have their works tried. Do you fear that you will stand in the ashes? Or will you stand... In the blessedness of renewed and refined gold. I often have said and I continue to say because I believe without a shadow of a doubt. That as was brought forth this morning in our Sunday school hour. That the redeemed have also this problem of sin. We have something that we have to deal with on a daily basis called the old man. Brother Jim brought that out in a a very fine manner this morning. Listen, I want you to know something. Even we, even we, if we're not careful, will be standing with fear. Not necessarily fear of losing our salvation, of course. The fear of losing rewards that we could have laid at the feet of the Savior. The sovereign of the universe who has gave His life a ransom for us that we might be redeemed. So yes, I do say that this message is a message that all individuals could really grasp a hold of today. There have been many times in my life, down through my saved Christian life, when I know that I have failed my sovereign, when I know that I have sinned against the great I Am, the Savior of mankind and myself. But praise be unto God for His grace and His mercy. Praise be unto God that He gives peace. And I'm talking about an inner peace that the world cannot give. That's the piece that I want the the unsaved to get a hold of here today. I want you to think about this now. As As we dive into this message, do you have the ability, do you have the voice that can say, I have no fear what happens in the hereafter? Folks, I'll tell you, and again, I've seen, I have witnessed in my tenure as pastor, pastor, the dying of the unregenerated individual. And friend, I want you to know something. There's fear that reeks. The individual who does not know the Savior. There's fear that reeks in an individual who has never trusted the Lord as their Savior because they don't know what's out there. But listen, I want you to know something. I know what's out there. And there's no reason, there's no wonder why people that are unsaved fear death when it comes. I've talked to people who uh, who are are relentlessly uh, uh, in in denial of death. They act like death is never going to come. But my friend, one day death is going to come. The Bible states in Hebrews 9 and 27, It is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. And I ask you, how will the judgment fare thee? So first of all, today, I want you to notice with me this first line. This first verse of Scripture in verse uh, number 1 of Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This word want at at the end of this first line speaks volumes. It speaks of no lack of forgiveness. As, we, as I, I stopped and I, I looked at this word again in the Hebrew, and it is a word that I'm not going to try to pronounce, Nasher or, or something like that. It, is, it means to lack. It means to fail to give. I shall not lack. Now, I want you to stop right there for just a moment. In Ephesians chapter 4, we go over here and I want to look at some scriptures today. And I want you to, you that are here, maybe you don't know the Lord's your Savior, please listen to what I have to say. And I want you to pay attention to the Word of God because it is vitally important that you understand that death is a fearful thing to the unbeliever. And again, I I have sat in in the rooms of individuals that have been saved by the grace of God, who have died and went on to meet their maker. I have seen individuals who have died with such peace, with almost a joy and a song on their lips, people that have that have declared, I, "I want to go home. I just want to go home." You know, our dear departed brother, brother Stonicker, brother Dana Stonicker was a was a, an old World War Two veteran and Korean veteran. And here was a man who was, who was uh, I believe he was a captain in two different infantries in Korea. A man who witnessed death and destruction. A man who saw the end of life many times before his eyes. And yet here was a man who had a great desire at the end of his life to go home and be with his Lord, and to be with his dear wife, Brother Stonaker. The last the, the last days of his life, when myself and Sister Debbie was there at the house visiting him after he uh, had taken a bad fall and gotten sick, and his lungs were really really in bad shape. Where he had, the ribs had uh, had messed his lungs up when he fell. And as we sat in that house, and as he welcomed us into his abode, he sat there and and the words just kept coming forth. Brother, I am am ready and willing to go. I want to go home. And I'll never forget as... As we were standing there, he he looked at Sister Debbie and he said, "Now, sweetheart, you come and sit right here." He was right there at her side, and he said, "I want to go home." We came on home, and and the Lord took him home. And you know, as it, and, and as we went back to that funeral, and there was such rejoicing and joy in that church family a family that he had been so close to for 57 years as he pastored that body. There was so much joy among the saints of God because they knew that he was at once happy to be home where he desired to be. He did not lack. He did not lack In his ability to know where he was going to spend eternity, he did not fail to understand that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible states in verse 30 down through verse 32. This is the kind of peace which the redeemed are blessed with, knowing that we are forgiven, I believe, calms our souls. The Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Listen, that calms the soul, does it not? That that refreshes the born again's desire to go home. Because we have this promise that we are sealed until the day of our arrival in heaven. Until the day that our redemption is made real to us. And the the day that faith is no longer needed and we see Him face to face. Listen, the Bible says we are sealed until the day of redemption. You know what that gives me? That gives me peace. That gives me ability to have no fear because I know that I'm sealed. As a matter of fact, when you go and you you think about the ark, when Noah was commanded to build an ark, he was commanded to build it in a certain way. And after it was built that certain way, the Bible speaks of the fact That he was to pitch it within and without. Now I want you to think about this. That ought to mean something to you. It means that everything on the inside was sealed off. There was no possibility that destruction could get in. There was no possibility of the wood that was there could find a a place of softness and decay. There was no way that rot could ruin the vessel. And folks, that's what we see when we go back to Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I trust that He's going to take me where He said He was going to take me. I trust that he's going, to, he's going to keep me all the way. Listen, I trust that I am safe forevermore. These are promises that, listen, only the redeemed can have. Do you know that today? Do you know that today? The book of Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14 Here the Bible says this. Now get a hold of this. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcised of your flesh. Uncircumcision of your flesh. Hath He quickened. In other words, He has made you alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You shall not want. Because you lack absolutely nothing now. Do you that, that are in this house today understand exactly what I'm saying? You hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Listen, I shall not want I shall not want. He's provided everything I need. First John in chapter one and verse nine, the Bible tells us that if we sin, if we confess our sins, he is able and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sinner friend, you don't have that unless you come to know the Savior. You don't have the ability. You don't have the the opportunity even to know what I'm talking about unless you've come to Him savingly. You don't have the the understanding of what it is to have no want for anything. Spiritually speaking now, this is where I'm at. I'm not talking about physical things. God has promised in Matthew chapter 6 that He's going to give us everything that we ever need to live in this life. And I dare say that He gives us some of our wants as well. God is gracious like that to His children. It's not just the things that you need, but it's sometimes the things that you want that He blesses you with. You know what? We look up here and we see this choir loft plumb full of children. Nearly 25 children in this choir loft this morning. Listen, I want you to know something. This is a blessing this is a promise of God of perpetuity. This is a blessing of God that, that, that promises that, my, that, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Why? Because we shall not lack in anything. We've got the next church coming up under us. Amen. Folks, I'll tell you what, that's a blessing. There's a lot of churches in this country today that have no promise of, of tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're on the brink of of disaster today. They're on the brink of of extinction today. They're on the brink of going away today because, listen, maybe it's because so many have dared their young people to even participate in the worship. You know, I had a man tell me one time, well, they're not saved, they don't belong in in the worship. I said, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Listen, how are they going to know that there's a God to worship unless we show them that? You know, I thank God that we have the, the privilege of, of having all these children. Oh, what a blessing it is. We shall lack in nothing, folks. I fear not tomorrow for this church. The Lord tarries his coming. We already have a group of young men and young women who are coming up of age, who are already in the place where, where they can be used of God. They're already participating in prayer meetings and everything. Folks, that's what you do. You build up the next church. I fear not. Listen. You know you hear people say all the time if that preacher leaves that church will fall apart. Well listen if that's what, if that's a fact you're following the wrong person. Amen. Listen if that preacher leaves that church needs to sustain and keep on keeping on. It shows that you was following after the Holy Spirit as the man of God led. But listen know this that he will bless and this church shall have no need of want. For he is that kind of a God. Listen, I go back to Psalm for just a moment in 130. In Psalm 130, there is something here here that I want you to get a hold of before I move to my next point. Psalm 130 in verse 4, the Bible says, But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared, or reverend, respected. Listen, there's forgiveness with the Lord. Do you know it today? Or do you yet have that, that need of being forgiven? Do you, do you yet have that desire down deep in your soul to know that you've been forgiven and that, and that, that the Lord has, has, has wiped your sin slate clean with the blood of the Lamb? Listen. The first thing I want you to know is that we shall not want. Do you understand that today? Do you, ha- do you not wish to have that same thing happen in your life that you have no need of want? You shall lack in nothing. Your forgiveness is always there. Your ability to come unto the Father is always there and ye shall lack absolutely nothing. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. Notice now the peace that His salvation gives. In verse 2 and 3 of our text, in Psalm 23, we'll back up again. In Psalm 23, notice what it says here now. Verse 2 and 3, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. This is the peace which the redeemed are blessed with. Knowing that we are forgiven calms the soul. In Philippians in chapter 4, we'll go over here for just a moment. I want you to look at this with me. Philippians in chapter 4. Think about this in verse 6 and 7. Here the Bible says, Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry. Sinner friends, you're concerned right now, aren't you? What if your appointed time should come today? What if your appointed time should come within the next hour, the next half hour, the next 10 minutes, the next minute, the next 60 seconds? What if the next breath were your last You need forgiveness, don't you? You need to have the peace that passeth all understanding of knowing that that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that you're saved by the grace of God. Philippians 4, again, 6 and 7, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now I know without a shadow of a doubt that the unsaved do not have the peace that passeth all understanding. You know how I know it? It's written like a book upon your face. You read like an open book. The unsaved have this, have this aura about them that shows that they have no peace deep down inside. There's only one way to find that peace, my friend. That's trusting Jesus today. Trust in Jesus and His finished work today. Trust that He died for you on the cross of Calvary. Believe that He died for you to pay your sin debt and thou shalt be saved as what the Apostle Paul and Silas spoke to the Philippian jailer there in Philippi. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what he was asking? How can I find peace? That man was just about to take his life. He was so consumed with grief and worry that he was about to end his own life. But then Paul stopped him and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was asking Paul, What must I do to find the peace that you've got? After being beaten, chained, and thrown in a dungeon... You're still singing and praying and you still know the peace of God that passeth all under. How can I have what you've got? And Paul just simply told him, believe and thou shalt be saved. What's he going to believe? He's going to believe the gospel. The death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what First Corinthians 15, through 4 tells you. The gospel actually is plus nothing and minus nothing. It's that or nothing. John fourteen twenty seven, the Bible says, as Jesus Christ is speaking to his disciples, He's, he talked to them, Peace I leave with you. How does he leave peace with us? It's right here in our hearts, isn't it? It's in our souls. We have the understanding that He died for our sins and He paid our sin debt and, and all that's took care of on the cross of Calvary. Only the redeemed have that kind of peace. Do you not wish for that kind of peace today? Listen, you need that peace. The peace that passeth all understanding. Romans 14. As we continue on here today, I want you to think about this. It's, I love this psalm. I love Psalm 23. It's a, it is is one of the most used uh, 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 scriptures that... that a funeral has ever heard. But it has so much truth to it. So much joy. So much, so comfort, comforting peace. That's what you need here today. Romans 14, verse 17, down through verse 19. Here the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You know, the world wants you to think today, just grab all you can. You only go around once in this life. Get all you can of it. Folks, that's uh, God's word says that, and that's not the way it is. That's what the devil wants you to think. The devil wants you today to to be filled up with with everything that takes your mind off of the hereafter. But the moment that you come back to the hereafter, you're filled with fear, aren't you? You're filled with that what if. What if old preacher Lybrook has got it right? Folks, I want you to know something. It's not just that I've got it right, but God's Word declares it plainly. This is God's voice. God's voice is speaking here, and He's saying, repent or else. He's saying, come to Jesus. He paid the sin debt. That's the only way you'll find peace. Like I said today... Many of the lost sinners are an open book. They're easily read. Sorrow in the eyes of the lost sinner. Why not just come to Jesus today? Why not just come to Jesus and find the peace that passeth all understanding? Come to a place where he leads you beside the still waters. Still waters, it speaks of a calmness of soul. What do you see in in raging water? You see foam spitting up. You see destruction. Water is one of the greatest forces there is upon the earth. You unleash it and it can destroy everything in its path or it can give it life. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. Don't you want your soul flooded over with the joys that the fountain of everlasting water can bring you? The fountain of life. Listen, I want you to know today that's what you need. Verse 17 again says, Before the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that hath, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And the things wherewith we May One may edify another. Romans in 5 and, and verse 1, the Bible again states something for you that only comes through salvation. It only comes by the green pastures. It only comes by the still waters. The still waters of peace and serenity that, Bubble over in salvation. The Bible says here in the book of Romans in chapter five of verse one, "Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you desire to have that peace today? Romans 8 and 1, the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The peace that salvation gives is something that is miraculous. In nature, it actually is miraculous where once we were distraught and destroyed by the things of life, now we are comforted. Do you have that today? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Do you know that today in your own heart? Have you come to that place right now? Listen, you know, uh, I can I can stop right now, and I could say, listen, I want you to think about this now. Don't don't get upset with me, but why would you refuse a definite plus? Why would you refuse to be fed in the green pastures and to drink from the still waters of salvation? Listen. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit brings about a distraught soul. The only relief from that is to come to Jesus. Because right now you're you're living in turmoil, your your waters are being stirred to a to a foaming action. But lastly I want you to notice this with me. The redeemed do not fear death. Can you say that? Verse four, the Bible says yea. And my cup runneth over. Now I want to stop right there for just a moment. I only have about six minutes left or so. The Bible declares that death itself carries with it a sting. It's found in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55 where the Bible says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. You know what sin does to us? It kills us. Robs us. It strikes fear in the heart of every individual that it comes upon who is not ready. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think about a, a show that I watched one time. And the, the Grim Reaper... Was dressed all in black, you know, and he had a big sickle. Oh, I know what it was. Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. That man was filled with fear. And I know you were talking about a fictional character here, but I want you to know something That made me think about something. It made me think about the rich man who lifted up his eyes been in torment. Torment speaks of fear. Not just pain and anguish, but fear. How are you in a in a place where you're all alone by yourself in the dark? Begin to hear things behind you. Begin to see things out in front of you. Fear begins to come in. You know in hell, the Bible speaks of a place of total darkness. Darkness which cannot be comprehended. Hell is spoke of as a place where The worm dieth not. In other words, I I believe that to be the conscience of man. You know what? This is October the 23rd, 2022. On a Sunday morning, on a beautiful Sunday morning. And the house is full. And you're hearing a gospel message. You know what? One day if you ever die and go to hell, that this gospel message is going gonna, gonna, gonna to invade your peace. You, I have no peace. It's going to invade your thought process because there you heard the way of hope, the way of truth, the way of life, but you refused it to time when the sting of death grabbed a hold of you. All because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, sin is passed upon all mankind, and sin brings death and fear. Romans 6.23 speaks of the fact that the wages of sin is death, and it's coming to all. Romans 3.9-19 spells out exactly what sin is, has produced in mankind. All the way to the end of that reading where it says there is no fear of God in their eyes. And listen folks, I want you to know something. That's what the man of God sees behind the pulpit in most churches today. No fear of God anymore. If there was a real fear of God. If there was a real fear of the living God. The God who is angry with sin every day. If there was a real fear of it. I believe you would repent immediately and come to Jesus. But there is no fear of God anymore. This is why fallen mankind fears death. But the redeemed do not fear when death comes. In First Corinthians 15 and 57, the Bible says, Listen, I want you to know there's coming a day when 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 that last enemy that's going to be Taken care of and taken out of the way. Death itself is going to be abolished. And the redeemed of the Lord will never ever have to view it again. Why do we have peace and salvation? Because the greatest enemy death is abolished in us through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because He triumphed over the grave the third day. We too will triumph over the grave. Psalm 23. In verse 6 again the Bible says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Trust in the Lord. And you too shall know what Psalm 23 is really all about. Today. Today. I remind the Christian what Psalm 23 is all about. It's about the fact that we're secure and eternally blessed because of that great salvation. I shall fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Brother Jeremy read this morning out of Isaiah 26, 1-5, through and there is the proof of what I'm saying today. There is the peace that passeth all understanding. Do you know it today? Are you saved by the grace of God? Listen, if you're not saved by the grace of God today, I implore you today to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him today. Amen. Believe the Scriptures That's what was said over and over again in the New Testament. Believe and thou shalt be saved. There's a reason why that Jesus Christ had them to say that. Because it is the way of truth and life and joy and peace. Peace. Sure peace. Do you have it today? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Death. Death. And I'm able to sit down in peace knowing that it shall not conquer me. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Peace. Surely Do you know it today? Trust the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Let's all